Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hey, Podcast and Amplify listeners, welcome back to the show. So today I have Christy Black with me, and we are going to talk all about setting goals, but in a really joyful and grounded way. So welcome, Christy. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. So let me read a little bit of your bio so people can get a feel for who you are and what you do. So Christy helps entrepreneurs with bright eyes and big whys cultivate more joy and ease in their businesses through goal coaching and brand design. And she has the personality of a golden retriever, which I can attest to. We're in the same community, uh, online community, and she's just so bubbly and sweet and kind. And she loves nothing more than connecting with other entrepreneurs and making new friends. So did I miss anything? No, I think that captures it all. (laughs) So I know that you started out as a brand designer and you still do that. Yes. And then now you have the goal setting component to it. So how did you become interested in goal setting? Yeah, I think like anyone who does any facet of coaching, it was the thing that I struggled with the most. And then through the process of learning how to do things in my own way, I was like, okay, wait, this is actually really helpful. Um, And so the big thing for me that sort of kicked it off is my path to entrepreneurship was not traditional. Uh, So I started freelancing like 12 years ago and I did it part-time and I had such a hard time making my goal of working for myself full-time come to fruition. And every single way that I could self-sabotage or get in my own way, it all came up for me. And so through that process, it took 10 years to go full-time. I realized there were so many things that I had to unpack about goals in order to move forward. And in doing that, I realized my dislike of goals then became the driving force of like, okay, how can we make this more approachable and fun? And now I have a whole new appreciation for it. Yeah, because goal setting, I have to be honest with you, does not excite me. And I think for a lot of us, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, in one sense, I guess you're thinking about your future and what you want to accomplish, but there's something about I guess how maybe we've traditionally been taught to set our goals and think about it in terms of like, you have to plan out five years or three years, or to me, that's not where my mind naturally goes. But I think that can influence how we think about starting, you know, goal setting. And so what other things do you think influence our energy or could just be that the way that we've traditionally been taught to set goals? Yeah, I think it's sort of just like the natural conditioning that we all receive. The first thing is when we think about goals, it inherently causes us to think about what don't I have right now? So when you're like, Ooh, I want to get here. The thought underneath that is I, I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm not where I want to be. That's so much work. So like, even just that doesn't feel great. And then 
you pair it with, you know, the way schools are traditionally run, the way corporations are traditionally run, where goals are imposed on you. So, okay, you are expected to get these certain grades, and then we will call you a good student. Whether or not you want to get a good grade, it's imposed on you. Then that happens in the workplace. Okay, we have to hit these sales numbers. And if you don't hit those sales numbers, you are not worthy of a promotion. If you don't work 60 hours a week like Ted, you're not going to get that promotion. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, these are all things that are just put on us and it doesn't feel great to go after them. So that's sort of the two sides of why it traditionally doesn't feel good. It does kind of force you to take stock a little bit of like, okay, I want to be there, but this is where I'm at. In terms of like what the external goals are set for you, that's so true. And I think when you can tie your goals more to something that, is really meaningful to you and that you really want to accomplish, like that's really a game changer. And I know you help people, you know, really think about goals, setting goals differently and making it fun and motivating. So what are a few ways that we can start to think of it um, and something that's like an energizing, fun way? The number one thing, and I think this is like the easiest thing to implement right away, is if you have a goal that you're working towards, it can be big or small, Whatever part about it gets you the most excited or feels the most fun, do that first. And this kind of goes against this notion of like eat the frog where people are like, do the hardest thing first because then everything after that is easy. But if we think of ourselves as a cup and we are half full of water, if we use all of that energy to do the hard thing, now we're depleted or burned out. We were like, that was really hard. We might not even have the energy to keep going, we probably won't even finish that task. And so that can work for some people. Those people don't need help with goals. Those people are just like doing fine on their own. But for everybody else, doing the fun thing first, and there's some research to back this now, it actually gives you more energy and because it is inherently rewarding to do the activity or work on it, then we keep going, then we have some momentum. And so when we do hit, I call it like the messy middle where you're in the middle of a goal and things are harder, you have all of this momentum that you're like, okay, I've already come this far. I can, I can keep going. So that's like the number one quickest thing to do. And then the second thing is to get accountability from someone else, whether that's another entrepreneur or whether you join a coaching community or something like that. Just having someone to hold you accountable can help us show up when our intrinsic motivation is sort of at a lower point. Yeah. And I think, like you said, doing the thing that is exciting to you or that you're interested in first. I think it takes out that feeling of dread, like, oh, I'm going to have to do this. How many of us are self-motivated enough to like get over that hump? I think it's kind of like a select few who have that, you know, like real drive. And, um, but is it fun for them? I don't think so. (laughs) They might get through it, but I think, you know, the point here is like, we don't want to be getting through things, right? Like we want to actually enjoy the process. And those sound like really um, great ways to actually enjoy doing the goal setting and then obviously accomplishing them. So how can we create grounded and joyous goals? Yeah. So I think sometimes to understand what we're trying to work towards, it's easier to look at like what we're not trying to do. So I like to think of the antithesis of grounded goals are frantic goals. So frantic Mm. goals, these are sort of red flags that you might see if you're starting a goal and you're like, ooh, maybe this isn't it. If you set the goal and you immediately feel like you're behind, 
that is some frantic energy that you're like, that's not going to be motivating in the long run. If you're like, I just set this goal and you're like, oh, you already feel deflated. And like, you look at the to-do list and you're like, this isn't fun. That's a frantic goal. We don't want to tap into that. A frantic goal can also look like something that you don't even really want. It could just be like a societal pressure or something within your community. You see that a lot with new entrepreneurs. They're like, I have to make six figures. And it's like, Okay, but if you live in rural Nebraska, do you, like you know what I mean? Like, do you, you need that much money? Yeah, yeah, do you need that income to live? It's like, well, no, but everyone's talking about it, and that isn't going to drive us forward. It's just sort of this thing that we're like, well, everyone else is doing it. Maybe I should do it. That's a frantical. So moving away from that and tapping into like your why, what you're doing helps ground us. And then the other thing that comes up is like. We sometimes get this notion. I know a lot of people feel this in the new year. They're like, I'm going to be a whole new person. And so like, there's this new idea that you're going to have perfect adhesion to like a new way of being that like you've never done before. And that also can take us away from feeling grounded and connected. So just really tapping into what am I trying to do here? Like, how do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? Why is this important to me? And tapping into that is going to give us so much more longevity instead of focusing on sort of this like frantic energy over here. Yeah, I've never heard of frantic goals before. You kind of made me laugh when you said the goals where you're already behind. Oh, that sounds very familiar. And that feeling of like constriction and that frantic feeling. So why is it important to write down your goals? Yeah, this can be really helpful. It's sort of a way of our brain to get to know like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to take this seriously. And you don't necessarily have to have it be visual in your space. Um, one of the activities that I do in my quarterly planning parties is there's a lot of different activities to choose from. But one of them is to write a letter. This is great for Q4, um, where you write a letter to future you at the start of the new year saying all of the things you're doing to set yourself up for success. So, hey, future Christy, these are all the things that I'm doing to take care of you and your well-being, all of that stuff. Having all of that written, even if you put it in an envelope and seal it, and you just put it somewhere visually that you can, you know it's on your desk, like, oh, I said I was going to show up in these ways. I, I'm going to read that letter in a couple of months, and I don't want that to be true. We don't like to be in congruence with ourselves. Like We want to be in alignment. And so anytime we're basically writing down a goal and we don't do it, our body, unless it's too big, right? then that's a frantic goal. But if it's something that's maybe in reach and it has a deep why, our brain is like, wait, how can we make this true? How can we start to step into that? Um, so that can be a really useful way of sort of getting this out and letting your brain know, hey, we're taking this one seriously. Yeah, it's that self-accountability, right? And it reminds me of like the vision board in a way, <laughs> because, you know, you have that vision and I know I've used them in the past and it's like every morning I'm looking at that and it's reminding me like, you took the time to put the picture on the board and it, it keeps you going towards that goal or whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve. And I imagine the letter to yourself of, you know, it's sitting there like, yeah, I'm going to read that and I'm going to either be really happy with <laughs> what I'm reading or be like, oh, okay, I missed the, the boat on that one. So how clear do we need to be about our goals? Because I'm not someone who thinks five years, 10 years out. To me, that seems like a really long time. And 
not, I wouldn't really want to commit myself to like a 10 year plan seems insane to me because I know within the last few years, I've changed so much. And as someone who values continuing to evolve, I'm like, can't, do I need to? And can I even, you know, envision what that would look like? So how far do you suggest people um, plan out their, their goals? Yeah. So the most important thing with goals is making sure that they work with your values. So here's where it gets a little tricky because everyone's values are different and everyone's values change priorities. So some values will change over your lifetime. Like you might just completely not value something, but also different seasons of our life call for certain things to be prioritized. So knowing what your values are can help determine what makes sense for you in terms of how specific a goal needs to be, how long you need to plan out in advance. As someone who values flexibility, I have the same kind of visceral reaction you have to like a 10-year plan feels very constrictive. It does not feel supportive. But I can see that because I'm like, I value flexibility. Maybe I can plan for like a year and allow some flexibility for things to happen along the way. And then in terms of specificity, for individual goals, again, it's going to depend on the season. So I like to think about intentions, goals, and habits. So some seasons are going to be intention seasons. So this is where you're just setting like, this is how I want to feel. And this is who I want to be in this season. And so you're just sort of like moving towards that intention or moving away from it. And that can be really broad. Then you're going to have seasons where you're like, okay, no, I have a specific goal that by the end of this quarter, I'm going to be on so many podcasts. I'm going to write this book, whatever it is. Then you can have some more specific details around, okay, how am I going to make that goal happen? And sometimes you're like, I want to make action, but like, I maybe don't have enough energy to do like a full goal. Maybe I'm just going to form a new habit that's going to support me in the future. And so you can sort of leverage each of these individually, but you can also sort of stack them on one another to kind of dictate what season you're having and how to support yourself in the best way. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. I think that's a great answer, and I think you very much answered it the way someone who is flexible, <laughs> who values yes. flexibility, which is great because it considers that there are so many different types of, you know, people and what is important to them, what their values are. You know, someone might really love the 10 year plan and just be like, yes, I get to map it out and just get really fired up about that. And then other people like me, not so much. So I want to ask you, what should we do when we don't hit our goals? Yeah, this is this is a fun a fun one. So, I have a pretty non-traditional view of goals because I think the people who do like the 10-year plan and all that, these people don't need goal support, right? They're doing their own thing. They're they're fine. For the rest of us, there is this notion that like if I set this goal and I don't make it, I make that mean something about me. And that it doesn't have to mean something. So, I like to think of goals as a road trip. So let's say you're going from Chicago and you're in a road trip your way to Denver. And while you're going along, you're like, okay, I'm making progress. I'm moving in that direction. You get to, I don't know, Omaha and you see, oh my gosh, my favorite artist, my favorite musician is having a concert or a show. I'm going to go that way. 
And so for a lot of people, they would say, I didn't make it to Denver, so this trip was a failure. But part of goals is taking in new information and understanding, okay, maybe I did have to pivot a little bit. Or maybe sometimes as we take action, new opportunities arise that we could never plan for, right? A chance encounter becomes a book deal or things like this. They happen all the time. And so sometimes it takes us on a different path. And that doesn't have to mean that we failed. And if we're like, no, I still would like to get to Denver, just being flexible with that timeline. Like, hey, I didn't make that, make it there in that timeline. I still want to get there. And then getting back on track when you can and just being flexible with the timeline and also basing your success on your actions versus your outcomes. Because we cannot control outcomes, but we can control our actions. So a lot of times what happens, I see this a ton with people who have uh, income goals, right? They're like, I want to hit six figures. Okay, very good. Very great. There are a lot of factors that are going to contribute to whether or not that happens for you. And they aren't all things that you can control. I mean, we can just look at something broad, like privilege. Like there are things that are beyond our scope of control that we have to take into account. But what we can focus on is our actions. So that's where going to a habit could be helpful. Like, okay, I'm going to make two offers every day for five days a week. Okay, now we have a habit. Now I can focus on my action. I'm doing the thing. That is so much more tangible. And then we don't have to worry about the time frame in which the rest of it comes to fruition. Yeah, I love that. And there's could be a lot of shame around not achieving our goals. And so this gives you a framework to, to be like, uh, let's give yourself some grace. And it's more on, are you showing up for yourself? Are you taking those actions that are going to get you towards your goal? Whether or not, yeah, that comes to fruition. Um, that's not the part you have the control over necessarily. It's like, what am I doing every day? What are, what are my habits? And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up too, is like, they don't want to feel that sense of like, they let themselves down, right? Because Mm -hmm. they didn't achieve their goal. Do you have any tricks for, if you're the person who I have this goal and I keep kicking the can down the road and I set it at January, whatever year, and then I setting it again in the next January. Do you have any tips for how we can, sort of stop that cycle and actually get our goals accomplished? Yes. So the number one thing you can do in that situation is find someone to hold you accountable. Now, not all accountability partners are created equal. And there is also this notion that like you should tell everyone your goal because then you'll be more likely to hit it. It's actually not entirely true. Um, It can also be detrimental if like the thing that you're saying that you're going to do changes your perceptions. Like, let's say I'm going to be an author and I tell everyone I'm going to be an author and everyone goes, wow, Christy's going to be an author. They're already thinking of me like that now from my perspective. So I actually don't have to do the work. I've gotten that quick little, ooh, they know I'm doing it. Where it does help is if you tell someone who has a perceived higher status than you. So this is just whatever you perceive. This could be financial status. This could be someone that you deeply respect that you think is a great mentor, someone that you really respect that has a higher status than you, or someone else who is also working towards a really big, bold goal. Then we want to show up. Those are the types of people where we want to rise to the occasion and show them, hey, look, I am true to my word. So finding someone to hold you accountable is really important. And the number one thing, if you're looking for an accountability buddy is like, 
set parameters around what that looks like. Because I've had many an accountability partner where I'm like, okay, hold me accountable. And then they're like, you did, it can go one of two ways. One is like, I can't believe you didn't do that. That's terrible. Like, oh my gosh, you said you were doing it. You're like, okay, whoa, I don't know that I need like full on bullying. <laughs> but the other end of the spectrum is someone who's too lax, right? Where they're like, oh, it's fine. Like whatever. And I'm like, well, I kind of want you to hold me accountable. So finding someone that's somewhere in the middle and talking specifically about how you want them to show up when you are falling behind. So that way, you know, because you're going to know what you need. And a great way to check in with them is like, do you need me to give you a pep talk? Or do you need like a stern talk? Right? Because we all kind of kick in the pants. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Do you want me to tell you like, get back to it? Or do you need like a hug? Because like some life stuff happened. So like, making really clear parameters around that can be the most helpful thing in terms of like keeping that accountability going when you need a little bit more support. Yeah, that's so helpful. And I love the idea of choosing an accountability buddy that is going to help you rise to your goal. I really love that. So we've talked so much about goals and I really learned a lot from you and I love your passion for this topic. And before you leave, I want to make sure I've asked you our signature question for this season, which is what is your superpower? Mm, I think my superpower is just meeting people where they're at. It's something that's come through both in my branding work and in my goals work, because in branding, people are like, I don't have a brand. I don't have anything. And it's like, well, actually, you have all of the answers. We just have to ask the right questions. I'm going to meet you where you're at. We're going to build that brand. And that carries over so much to goals because everyone has their own experience, their history with goals, what has worked for them, what hasn't. And so really meeting people where they're at and then building something sustainable from there is sort of like the key to my superpower. I love that. And and I think that's always a gift because that's really what we all want, right? Um, So thank you for sharing your superpower with me. And then how can people find out more about you off of this podcast and get to know you better? So you can learn more about me at christyblackcreative.com. I'm also on Instagram as well. And if you are interested more in terms of the goal support stuff, I also have a group program and you can check that out at boldgoalsbuffet.com. I will definitely link to all those places in the show notes. And I'm super excited to just continue learning more from you about goals. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And the best way to support this show is by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. For those of you who leave a review, you'll get the chance to win a 30-minute strategy session or a mini audit of your existing podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.